Well, good day, friends. Welcome to Thursday, March the 31st, last day of March, and we start April tomorrow. Be on guard. You know, those always those people that want to pull an April Fool's joke, and it's going to happen tomorrow, so, uh, so be ready. I'm always on guard on April 1st. I just want to stay away from people, especially the jokesters in my life. So, uh, happy end of March. Thanks for joining me. We are in Psalm 39, and we have been uh, journeying with David through a darkness of soul. Uh, whether If you're there, this psalm will be imminently practical and minister to you. If you're not there, this is a psalm you really need to put into your toolbox and look back on and, and refer to when you experience a depleted soul or a depressed soul or just a darkness of soul, that place in life where you start to question everything, wonder where you are, lose your bearings, <clears throat> excuse me, lose your sense of God, your experience of his presence. And that's kind of what David's going through. And he is um, he's telling us about it. <clears throat> and we get to experience another man's, a uh, friend of mine t- told me last night, practicing the presence of God. That's exactly what the Psalms are. They're people like you and me taking all of their experiences, humanly speaking, and taking them to God, especially um, those experiences that they don't know what to do with, they don't know how to interpret or get through or navigate. I told you the story of Brady breaking down crying and his dad getting into his face real close and calming him down. And uh, Mariah and Larry have said to us, Larry is Brady's emotional anchor. And I, I said, that's what the Psalms are. Let me ask you a question. What is your emotional anchor? Is it something um, unstable itself? Is it something destructive? Is it someone that you could lose or that could shift or maybe could not be there for you on an occasion? Where do you go uh, to, anchor your, to anchor your emotions, to understand them, to interpret them, uh, or to have them reshaped? Uh, the way to the way to go is to go to your God. Okay, we've established how the world says, uh, in a self-disciplinary way, stuff your emotions. You're not allowed to feel that way. In fact, there's a brand of Christianity that's almost that way. That if you were walking with God, if you had enough faith, if you were good enough, you wouldn't feel this way. And so there's a co- condemnation that comes with it. Um, when in reality, godly people go through dark times. Okay, godly people go through darkness of soul. Faith-filled people go through darkness of soul. And uh, it's not about having enough faith or being spiritual enough or reading your Bible and praying enough uh, and then thinking, well, if, if I'm going through this, I must have failed somehow. No. These things happen to, to all of us, okay? Um, those that walk faithfully with God, those who read their Bible and pray every day, those who do all the right things, spiritually speaking, they still go through these times, okay? So, it's, the answer is not stuff it, you're not allowed to feel this way, hold it in, get through it, just plow through it yourself. That's what David tries to do in the psalm. The world's other alternative uh, is express it, vent it, be you. You know, you've got to get it out. Give, give someone else a piece of your mind. Um, and that's not the way to go either because that, in the end, tarnishes your testimony, hurts the name of God, and doesn't really resolve the emotions themselves. Just uh, ask Will Smith if you've been watching the news. Um, So what does David do? Well, let's pick it up in verse 1 again just to get our bearings. We've gone through about verse 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 4 officially today. 
I said I will take heed to my ways. I will sin not with my tongue. That's not a bad beginning. I'm, I'm going to guard. I'm going to be very careful how I enter this time. Uh, I'm going to be very aware. I'm going to differentiate my experience from, you know, the realities around me. I will not sin with my tongue. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I will hold my, I will keep my mouth with a bridle. So here's the self-discipline aspect. I'm going to, I'm going to try really hard to discipline my tongue while the wicked is before me. I don't want to be a bad testimony to God, to the name of God. When I'm, um, on display in front of people, um, and I claim to be a believer, a follower of God, I, and I'm feeling how I'm feeling right now. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Verse 2, I was dumb with silence. He's just saying, I just recluded. I just held it in. I held my peace, even from good. I'm not even going to say good things for fear that I'm going to turn them into bad things. Uh, you ever do that? I, I've done that before, where I start out trying to say something good, and I meander my way into a negative. And, and that's what David doesn't want to do. He says, I'm just not going to say anything. And he says, and my, star, my sorrow was stirred. You see, holding it in and stuffing it is no solution. It just stirs it up. It just lets it fester. So it becomes more combustible. He says in verse 3, my heart was hot within me. Things just got hotter. Things were heating up inside of him. While I was musing, while I'm, st- while I'm chewing on this inside, it's not being resolved it's just boiling. It's like a it's like a kettle. A minute ago, I did French press coffee. It's the first time I've done that in a long time. And, uh, you know, watching that kettle come to a simmer, try to get the water off before it's too boiling, um, was, you know, waiting for that simmer. That's what David is saying. While I was musing, it's stirring, it's simmering, it's burning, it's, 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 it's getting hotter and more combustible within me. The pressure is building. Then spake I with my tongue. So now he's going to talk. But who does he talk to? Verse 4, Lord. He goes to God. Brilliant choice. This is the believer's way of processing even the darkest places of soul. So he says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Now, what is David praying here? Let's think about this. Muse on this for a minute. Let's meditate on this for a minute. He's very discouraged and very depressed, but he's not suicidal, okay? So one interpretation might be he's saying, just bring me to the end. Finish my life. Give me sweet release. Um, Let me go. You know, let me die. That's not what he's saying, okay? Um, He's he's not saying, show me uh, the end of my life, as much as he's saying, show me the brevity of my life. And the idea of make me to know, um, when you read Old Testament scripture, remember this, you're reading an English translation of ancient Hebrew. And I, I believe and trust and uh, rely upon primarily the King James Version, but uh, several English translations because a straight line is not easy, okay? Uh, you, you get one word, especially when you're dealing with English that's several hundred years old, um, it, it takes a little work to make sure you're understanding conceptually uh, what the author's intent was, okay? And whether that, no matter what kind of English that's in, by the way, um, it takes real thought and, uh, and careful connectivity to the, to the context. Um, make me to know, <clears throat> when I studied Hebrew, one of the big takeaways for me was how very conceptual the Hebrew language 
um, is. And by conceptual, I mean that a word can have a very broad uh, scope of meaning and that it is really the meaning is uh, very much derived from how the word is being used in the context, okay? So make me to know conceptually is um, give me an understanding of this. Give me a fresh view of this. Let me uh, have a fresh awareness and comprehension. So, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is. What, what, what is life? Here's my point. When you step back and look at the whole concept, David's saying, I'm losing perspective on what my life is and where I am. Um, and where I've come from and where I'm headed to and what it's all about. And, and God, I need a fresh reality. I, I need, in sense, he's praying for revival. Uh, he's praying for, for bearings, for fresh perspective, fresh strength, reason, motivation to, to go forward. Um, he's saying, kind of, kind of pick me up and show me the big picture again, God. Um, now, I'll tell you for me, I'll just give you a personal testimony and I'm going a little a uh, little bit over now. Um, coming through winter, I, I get kind of to this place. And it's not self-destructive. It's it's just, I think it's being inside a lot, the gray days, the, the cloudy days, the uh, the rainy, snowy, whatever. Sometimes that's uh, that's cozy and comfortable. Sometimes it's a little claustrophobic for my mind. But the redundancy of that gray uh, gets me, can, can get me to lose perspective a little bit. And um, I don't talk about it a lot, and it's not like it's all the time or pervasive. But I was coming into that a little bit towards the end of, of uh, February, and then I got COVID while I was on vacation, so that didn't help. Really didn't get a, a great vacation break, a short one, um, and it was, it was nice. But then God allowed me to go to the Holy Land. And it was one of those things that barely fit into the calendar, and it really plugged things up, and it wasn't ideal in terms of the convenience of it. But I just felt the Spirit of God saying, um, just do this. And I worried about the church family understanding and things like that. But I had moved, I had lost a trip in, in, in January, so this was a chance to, to have it again. And, uh, you know, I jumped at, at it. It was, uh, it was pretty much sponsored, and, <clears throat> and a friend was able to go with me, and I was able to do some Bible teaching. But that trip for me was, frankly, an answer to prayer of verse 4. Uh, make me to know mine end, the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Um, give me a fresh perspective on on the brevity of life, the frailty of life, but but more than that, the purpose of my life, and a, a big view, and being in the in the Holy Land for better part of two, excuse me, ten days, eleven days, uh, and walking with the Lord in those places uh, was such a resetting experience. That yeah, life is brief. And uh, I don't have, you know, a whole lot of time left. I know I'm still young, but I got, I got a, a couple decades maybe in ministry. Uh, I hope that would be great. Um, but, but God just gave me a fresh perspective. And David is, is losing perspective on the brevity of life, the significance of life, the meaning of life. And so he goes to the Lord and says, God, show me, let me see, let me know, let me understand. Um, the, the whole picture, the end, the measure of my days, what is it, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Give me a perspective on my frailty. 
okay, that is a hopeful perspective. So he, he is experiencing his frailty, but now he wants to understand his frailty, okay? Um, verse 5, look at the faith here. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth. I know, God, it's about this long. Uh, you know, the tip of one finger to the tip of my thumb. That, that's about how long my, my, my life is. Mine age is as nothing before thee. It passes so quickly, God. I'm just a flash in a pan. Verily, truly, uh, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Now, we're going to pause with David Selah, but I want you to see this. In his human conclusions, he's saying, how can a life that's only that long, how can a life that's this frail matter at all? Why should I care? How is it anything other than vanity? But go back to his prayer. Lord, help me understand. What's he saying? And we're going to wrap it up here. He's saying, God, from my experience of this darkness of soul, life isn't worth it. It's short. It's vain. I'm weak and frail. What difference does it make? What difference do I make? Why should I even care? But his prayer is, Lord, help me understand. Give me a perspective that gives me a reason to get out of bed, love you, embrace your purpose, love others, serve you. Do you catch it? Make me to know. David's saying, give me a reason to press through this darkness. My friend, God will do that because there is a reason. Hey, happy Thursday. Have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow.